When Afropop Worldwide first hit the airwaves in 1988, the music of Congo Kinshasa, then Zaire, was without a doubt the most popular dance music on the continent. Afropop had already visited this vibrant, troubled city on the Congo River twice by then, and we've kept our ears tuned to it ever since. Azwaki boba, bachache, bamiyake, bayama moto, influence à coup Hello, Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRX. Today, we are going to profile one of the greatest singers and creators that Congo Kinshasa has ever produced, Papa Wemba. Mon nom s'appelle Shungu Wembadio Pene Kikumba. My name is Shungu Wembadio Pene Kikumba. Le Pene, ça signifie héritier. Kikumba, c'est le nom de mon père. Shungu Wembadio, c'est mon nom. Pene signifies inheritance. Kikumba is my father's name. Shungu Wembadio is my name. Born in a village in the Kasai region in 1949, Papa Wemba was the first son in a family with four wives and many children. The inheritance he referred to in one of our earliest interviews was the customary chiefdom of the village where he was born. Je suis descendant d'une famille de chefs. Mes grands-parents étaient des chefs, quoi. Des chefs traditionnels au village. I am descended from a family of chiefs. My grandparents were traditional village chiefs. Et moi, juste après ma naissance, mon père a amené sa famille vivre dans la capitale du Zaï, qui est Kinshasa. Me, just after my birth, my father took his family to live in the capital, Kinshasa. So, I never really knew village life, but I was born in the village. Papa Wemba was an unusual person. He was bigger than his music in whatever he did. That's our good friend Lubangi Munyanya, a man who has lived the life of modern Congolese music up close and personal. You have to understand where he came from. His father was a military. Though his mother was a housewife, she was involved in traditional things like uh, the traditional christening of children. It was the most important part of someone coming of age. Ma mère était une pleureuse. Chez nous, il est de coutume, s'il y a un mort, durant deux nuits, on expose le mort dehors. Et il y a des gens qui viennent pleurer, il y a des gens qui viennent chanter. Et ma mère chantait pour les morts, quoi. My mother was a crier. In our culture, when there is a death, the body is kept outside for two nights. People come to cry and sing. My mother sang for the dead. And everywhere she went, she would take me. So I grew up with this melancholy singing. I'm also a Catholic. I sang in church. In that music, there are also a lot of minor keys. It's like rhythm and blues. The heart is speaking. Papa Wemba 
Papa Wemba's mother was just 11 years old when he was born. Hmm, I can see some frowns there. My mother was 12. And the two of them lived alone together in the city for the first 10 years of his life. You were a child, but yet responsible already at the age of six. It was not just go out there and play, no. You had to be there helping your mother. So you learn so much and quickly. By the time you become 10 years old, you already know what means what, who is what, what needs to be done. I mean, by the time Papa Wemba became a teenager, he already knew how to organize his space, his house, his community. Little bit after that, Papa Wemba took on a very important role that most people don't know about, the role of community leader. He was in charge of orientation of so many youth. He became coach of a youth soccer team in his neighborhood, Matonge. So he already had this leadership quality. He knew how to pick players, help them develop and become active in his community. So that shaped Papa Wemba's personality. In 1969, when Papa Wemba was still a student, he teamed up with a cadre of H-mates to form one of the most important bands in Congo music history, Zaiko Langa Langa. Je suis parmi les cofondateurs de Zaiko Langa Langa. À cette époque-là, il n'y avait pas assez de groupes de jeunes à Kinshasa. Il y avait Tuzaina, il y avait Simba, et puis il y avait les Zaiko Langa Langa. I was among the co-founders of Zaiko Langa Langa. At the time, there were not many young groups in Kinshasa. There was Tuzaina, there was Simba, and there was Zaiko Langa Langa. It was unbelievable. It was like the Beatles in London. In every concert, Zaiko was attracting incroyable, a monde fou, quoi. an incredible world, an insane world. <laughs> was Zaiko Langa Langa with Mielele Omanga. Zahir Yabakoko. Zahir de nos ancêtres. Zaiko. 
Langa Langa, c'est de fleurs qui poussent dans le fleuve. Quoi. Zahir Yabakoko, Zahir of our ancestors. Langa Langa is a flower that floats in the river. C'est moi qui ai donné ce nom-là. Langa Langa, c'est moi. I was the one who gave this name. Langa Langa, that was me. Langa Langa is a medicinal plant. Papa Wembas is the one who contributed that. Lubangi notes that Zaiko chose this name two years before President Mobutu christened the country as Zaire in 1971. Zaire was a name that the Portuguese mispronounced instead of saying Zadi, which means river. Zadi, in their ears they heard Zaire. So they start calling that river Zaire. That's why it was easy for Ubuntu's government to say, let's come out with a name that is somewhat neutral, that it will include everybody, because of the river across the whole country. When we started with Zaiko Langalanga, it was the era of rhythm and blues with big singers like James Brown, Otis Redding, Wilson Pickett, Sam Cooke. But my favorite was Otis Redding. Et en France, c'était l'époque des chanteurs comme John Hallyday, Claude François, et nous, des musiciens aïrois, vraiment, on a essayé d'embrasser le tout. And then, in France, it was the time of singers like Johnny Hallyday and Claude François. Et sans oublier que la musique aïroise, son départ, c'est le rythme afro-cubain. We, Zairean musicians, tried to embrace it all without forgetting that Congolese music began with afro-cuban rhythm. Zaiko put aside the brass sections used in older bands and focused on complex vocal and guitar arranging. The band had the style, the politics, and the strategy for building an audience. They befriended children of the rich, the new elite. They became their sponsor. So whatever they wanted to do, they were the ones footing the bills and creating parties. Now the elite themselves were hanging out with Franco, Cabacele. Now their children created their own space. Pia solo mamaga Mwana mwasia kolina Lipopona dimi aiba na solo Na mekakina tunamote manaye Nise telie ege loko la zindeli kambo Hakangimote mawapi mwaye Asali etudame mwaha Jushe kakato lingana na yege Zeko was a bunch of egos. Each one of them wanted to showcase his talent, his ego. People with big egos were those who were born in Kinshasa, 10 steps ahead of the ones who came as kids. I will give you an example of Evoluko. His ego was like to the roof. And then you had Gina Wajina. Then you had uh, Mavuela. He was taller than all of them, bigger than life. It was not easy. You had Nyoka Longo who knew when to switch it on and off. So all of them were Zaiko. It was crazy. <laughs> Zaiko 
David Wanda was the very first percussionist. I don't think he was a great percussionist, but he needed to be there, make sure that the band grew his own legs and then could go. He was the one who actually founded Zyko, who knew how to pick people. He picked the best. It set the tone for what the band was going to become. So you have him, you have uh, Enoch, Enoch Zamwangana. I believe he was the vice president. I mean, well-organized guy, very disciplined behind all these singers. They allowed the vedettes or stars like Evo Loco, Gina Wajina, Mbuta Mashakado to do whatever they did to attract their clientele, the audiences. They'll let them do whatever. But when it came down to business, there was a team that gathered together. Zaiko was really good at that. And that's what made them last longer until today, I would say. Zyko has lasted long, although with a lot of turnover. And one of the first to leave was Papa Wemba. Dans un groupe où il y a beaucoup de vedettes, beaucoup de stars, donc euh, il y a toujours une guerre froide, quoi. In a group where there are a lot of stars, there is always a cold war. Nous nous avons fait quatre ans seulement dans Zaiko, et puis on a quitté Evoloko, Mavuela, Bozi et moi pour créer le groupe Isifi Lokole. We spent four years in Zaiko, and then we quit. Evoloko, Mavuela, Bozi and me to create the group Isifilo Kole. qui n'a connu qu'une année parce qu'on était tous des stars quoi. Nous avons abandonné Evoloko. lasted only one year because we were all stars. We abandoned Evoloko and made another group Yoka Lokole. Now Yoka Lokole it was again the same problem. So I slammed the door. I told myself now no more. I'm going on my own road. That's when I created my own group, Viva La Musica. Throughout his long career, Papa Wemba remained committed to traditional music. The Lokole in those band names refers to an ancient log drum. And of course, this was the beginning of President Mobutu's policy of authenticity, authenticity, an effort to eliminate foreign influences in his country. Il n'y avait pas tellement une complicité entre la politique de Mobutu et la musique traditionnelle. Mais seulement Mobutu, il a dû participer énormément dans ça quand il a proclamé le recours à l'authenticité. There was not really a complicity between Mobutu politics and uh, traditional music, but Mobutu did contribute enormously to that trend when he proclaimed authenticity. Alors, tous les musiciens ont commencé à chanter beaucoup dans des langues maternelles et moi je suis le premier musicien zaïrois à incorporer un instrument traditionnel dans la musique zaïroise moderne. All the musicians started singing in their maternal languages. I was the first musician to incorporate a traditional instrument in modern Zairean music. J'ai introduit les locolés, mais il n'y a que deux sons quoi. I introduced the locolés. This drum was used for communication between villages. It makes just two sounds. Easy fit didn't work because they couldn't work together. Too many egos. And Papa Emma was actually kicked out. Really, like, oh, man, you're too much, get out of here. 
this guy, when he was in Zaiko, he seemed to be together. What's going on? So they did Yokalokole. Same thing. During this turbulent period, Kinshasa hosted the Zaire 74 Festival, a star-studded event accompanying the legendary Rumble in the Jungle with Mohamed Ali and Joe Fraser. Je participais dans ce festival avec le groupe Zaiko Langalanga, qui avait regroupé plein, 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 plein de chanteurs du monde, quoi, James Brown, Pacheco. I played at that festival with Zaiko Langalanga. It was full, full, full of singers from all over the world. James Brown, B.B. King, Johnny Pacheco. Bon, James Brown, je l'avais vu avant. B.B. King, je l'ai vu aussi. Mais moi, la seule personne que je souhaitais vraiment voir de près, c'est Johnny Pacheco. C'est à partir de là que j'ai eu les cris « Viva la musica ». C'est Johnny Pacheco. I had seen James Brown. I had seen B.B. King. The discovery for me was Pacheco. That's where I got the name Viva la Musica. À chaque fin d'une chanson, il criait. At the end of each song, he would shout Viva la Musica, Viva la Musica. C'est là que j'ai eu l'idée de créer un groupe qui devait s'appeler Viva la Musica. That's when I got the idea of creating a group that must be called Viva la Musica. Lubangi says Papa Wemba had learned something from his failed post-Zaiko bands. Remember, in his background, he was the one who used to organize people in his community so they came together. He was able to listen. And at this time, Papa was like, okay, tell me what you want to see happen. That's how Viva La Musica became something. An early hit for Viva La Musica was Mère Supérieure, Mother Superior. Well, it's a cagey title, not a religious song at all, but rather a critique of female hypocrisy in affairs of the heart. Wow, such playful arranging and cutting lyrics to go with it, I tell you. But for all that, Papa Wemba, like most of his Congolese peers, never sang politics. No, no, les musiciens ne font pas de la musique dite engagée, quoi. No, 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 Zairian musicians do not sing politically engaged songs. We sing about the love of women. Love, love, love. But with Viva la Musica, Wamba did compose a song lamenting the history of black slavery. Esclave was an anthem Wemba would remake at least twice during his career. Liberté, 
Papa Wamba and Viva la Musica with Esclave. Lubangi Munyanya says that around this time, Papa Wamba had a girlfriend, Sharufa, and she was an important advisor to him as he established his solo career. The girlfriend was traveling and then went to Nigeria in the 70s and then went to Kalakuta and saw how Fela was running Kalakuta. The girlfriend said, Papa Wemba, I saw this guy, Fela, who is in charge of his own thing. And uh, he created this republic that he calls Kalakuta. I think you should create something, a village. So that's how Papa Wemba was able to create Village Molokai. They were looking for a name and they picked a name out of Hawaii, one of the islands, Molokai. Molokai, huh. once again, a made-up neutral name, like Zaire itself, guaranteed not to exclude any sector of his audience. Mon beau village. Connais-tu mon beau village Molokaye Qui se mire au clair ruisseau, encadré dans les feuillages. Mokiliango, hein Mawatro. Natango la caladesse animé à Colobateur. Lélo est comme à la Cravova. Amazon and Abu Kulpa, Goma, Panama, 
You're hearing this track Modikenda, how the sound of Viva la Musica is evolving, bringing in new instruments like accordion, rich choral refrains, and here, a Congolese baluba rhythm, not the usual Congo rumba. In the era of Mobutu's authenticity, the public loved it. It was such a movement, a rush, that people wanted to recreate themselves with names, with companies. I mean, it was a great moment to live in Zaire, to see how these people that were denied the freedom of recreating themselves, because that's what Africa was. People were recreating themselves, creating kingdoms. I mean, nobody told them what to do until the Europeans came and gone. Everything was shut up. In 1987, at the height of the Mobutu regime, original members of Zaiko Langalanga came together for their 18th reunion. There were two concerts, and as it happened, Afropop Worldwide was there to record both of them. A huge crowd gathered on the Kinshasa Esplanade, and they were thrilled to see Papa Wemba back with his old Zaiko cronies. Papa Wemba's interaction with the crowd was quite interesting. Papa Wemba was very comical. He improvised his role as a MC in a way. So he was asking, who remembers the title of this song? Of course, some people remember, and then it said, but who remembers the author of the song? You know, and then he said, if you get it right, I'll pay you, I think it was like 5,000 Zaire back then. Buta Mashakado came on to uh, the podium. And Papa Wemba made a joke about why wasn't Buta Mashakadu with us yesterday? He should tell you why. He should, I mean, because it was about the money, probably. So he wanted him to tell people, well, they didn't pay me. So he put him on a spot. And then the crowd liked that. Well, 18 years has gone by. But Psycho's magic, especially the blending and layering of these fantastic vocalists, sounded better than ever. Zaiko, oh yeah! <laughs> Mama, 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 Mama,
with Papa Wemba in the band's 18th anniversary reunion in Kinshasa way back in 1987. How about that? Coming up, Papa Wemba goes international and rediscovers his love of rumba. Visit afropop.org for much more on Papa Wemba. I'm Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRX. Quand j'ai créé mon groupe Viva la Musica, je me suis dit, il faudra que je sors un peu de l'ordinaire. quoi. Si on remarque dans la musique rock, ce qui différencie des musiciens rock, c'est l'accoutrement. When I created my group Viva la Musica, I said I have to get beyond the ordinary. If you look at rock bands, what distinguished them was often their accoutrement. Et moi je me suis dit, alors il faudra que je me tape un peu un truc 
que les autres n'ont jamais fait. C'est comme une rébellion, quoi. Alors, j'ai commencé, moi, à m'habiller chez des grands couturiers français, japonais et italiens. So I said, OK, I need to tap into something that the others have never done. It was a rebellion. So I started wearing clothes from the great fashion designer of France and Japan and Italy. Papa Wemba's style sparked a movement called La SAP. It was an acronym. SAP, that's S-A-P-E, Société des Ambianceurs et Personnes Élégantes. It also means clothing in French slang. But the state of mind came way before the acronym. It's always been part of the tradition. If somebody died back then, the only possession that you're buried with was clothes. Now, the very first day Viva La Musica came out, it was on TV. You'll see Papa Wemba wearing this hat, the velvet suit, shining shoes. And they asked him about it. He talked about it. You know, he gave it a name, Muniere. Oh my goodness, the whole Kinshasa wanted to wear that, Muniere. It was like, you wear something that is out of reach, your value goes up. So it became a whole different, interesting dynamic. I'm just going to drink, have fun, and dress well. But where do you get the money? Don't worry about it. So the soundtrack of that movement was Viva La Musica. They became actors in a way. It was a role they were playing. The supper craze was also huge in Paris, where more and more Congolese musicians were establishing themselves in the 1980s, including Papa Wemba, as he noted in the song Jeune Homme à Paris, Young Man in Paris. Paris 
pour moi, c'était le carrefour, deux artistes africains. Si je venais des pays anglophones, j'aurais dû m'installer à Londres, quoi, puisque Londres, c'est la capitale de la musique, quoi, du monde. Paris, pour moi, était le crossroad pour les artistes africains. Si je came from un anglophone country, I would move to London because London is the capital of music in the world. Everyone talks about London, not the United States. The US is a slip. When you do well in London, the US is easy. You clap your hands and you're there. When I moved to Paris, I met showbiz professionals. That changed everything. Par rapport à mes collègues qui sont restés au pays, moi j'ai beaucoup plus à avancer quoi. Compared to my colleagues who stayed in the country, I've become far more advanced. In 1987, Papa Wemba introduced a new Paris-based band. He released a self-titled album, Papa Wemba, and announced a new phase of his career. To give you an idea, here's Viva la Musica with their eight-minute version of the song Analengo. the five-minute remake with the new Paris band. I've seen singers like Alpha Blondi, Yusundur, Mori Kante, Salif Keita, who are almost like me. But eux, ils ont compris qu'il fallait aller en Europe, sortir hors de l'Afrique pour promouvoir leur musique à travers le monde. Quoi. But they have Alors understood moi, that you have to go to Europe to leave Africa in order to promote your music throughout the world. I slammed the door on the music I made in Zaire. I abandoned my musician who came with me to Europe. Je me suis maintenant joué avec des musiciens professionnels qui vivent à Paris. I am now playing with professional musicians who live in Paris. Papa Wemba was wary of the fanatism in Kinshasa. From morning to night, he told us, all they want to hear is Zairean music. Viva la musica. C'est leur groupe, c'est leur musique. Ils comprennent facilement. They prefer Viva la musica because that's their group. That's their music. They understand it easily. Dans l'autre aussi, bon, c'est pas un peu leur euh, genre musical, quoi. Parce qu'il n'y a pas de soukous dedans. And the new band, well, it's not their style because there is no soukous in it. 
So, how did Wemba's new band go down in Kinshasa? It didn't go well. Number one, the person who gave them this desire to move to Europe it was Kanda Bongoman. Kanda Bongoman left Zaire a long time ago. They didn't hear about him. And then Kanda Bongoman was on TV in France. So Papa was like, what? This guy was not near my success. So how can he do this in Europe? So Papa Wemba's success in Africa did not bring in money. People were broke. You know, it was like, wait a minute. I can't just have success. I need to have money. Of course, the villageois, you know, villagers of Molokai, his village, they were very angry. They're like, Papa, what are you doing? For Papa Wemba, covering his idol Otis Redding was a dream come true and a hit on his 1995 album Emotion, released on Peter Gabriel's Real World Records. Now, Wemba had reached London and another new chapter of his career was beginning. Album Emotion, Papa Wemba was making a statement to his fans. 
J'ai dit au producteur américain Steve Ayan que j'aimerais porter beaucoup plus l'accent sur ma voix. I told the producer Stephen Haig that I wanted to put the emphasis on my voice. Parce que beaucoup de gens quand on leur parle de Papa Wemba, ils disent tout d'abord c'est la sape. Because a lot of people when they speak about Papa Wemba, they say I'm a sapper. Moi, je ne suis pas sapeur. Je suis un chanteur avant tout quoi. I'm not a sapper. I'm a singer before everything. C'est un défi contre moi-même de prouver à ces gens-là que je suis chanteur avant tout quoi. This was a challenge I faced to prove to people that I'm first and foremost a singer. With the real world contract, American tours followed, just as Wemba had foreseen. With this Paris band, he opened up for Peter Gabriel at Madison Square Garden in 1993. Wemba still performed with Viva la Musica in Africa. But soon, tensions arose. The real world contract allowed for just one album a year, not enough bandwidth for this powerhouse artist. So he was there in, in France, you know, hanging around, going to the studio. People were like, wait a minute, we can't just see you in the street. We want to see you on stage. So that's when Papa was like, all right, you know what? I signed a contract as Papa Wemba, but this band here is Viva La Musica. He did not sign the contract. So he started playing with Viva La Musica. Like every Saturday concert, he went back to Kinshasa. He created another band for Kinshasa audience, and he became very busy. Very busy indeed. The discography from this period doesn't lie. The new Viva La Musica albums kept coming, with Papa Wemba sharing the microphone with his two loyal vocalists, Stino and Reddy Amici. This was the Nouvelle Génération, the new generation, honoring but not constrained by the old rumba rules. Now, Papa Wemba was hailed as the king of rumba rock. Wemba na wemba yo yo ah yo 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 na sala ninye nga kai konzambe te nga ye nge nini na koye balika nisia mokona mo Elima, I am Katia Badeh, 
Viva la musica with Foridol. Once again, the Kinshasa public embraced Papa Wemba and the feeling was mutual. Aimer, c'est avoir quelqu'un pour qui mourir. Et alors, l'amour est plus fort que la mort. Beaucoup de gens croient que je suis naturalisé belge ou français. Non, je suis resté toujours congolais. Je défends ça et j'aime ça. C'est mon pays. Many people think that I am naturalized Belgian or French. No, I have remained Congolese. I defend that. I love that. It's my country. What is fabulous in Kinshasa now is that every week during the weekend, you have concerts in open air in different places. There are big groups like Bana Oke, Zaiko Langalanga, Kofiolobide, Owerason, Jibé Piana, Fali Poupa, Feregola, Redi Amici, Viva la Musica. Et il y a toujours le public qui participe avec toi. Il y a ce qu'on appelle cette concurrence loyale. And the audience is always there with you. There is a kind of competition, but also loyalty. J'aime bien la vie de cette ville-là. Les Kinois t'accueillent chaque fois avec les sourires. Ils t'élogent, ils te font bouffer. Mais au retour, ils ne demandent rien. I love the life of this town. The Kinois always show their heart with a smile. They will take you in, they will feed you, and they will ask for nothing in return. Maria, Maria Capone, Bendel Angelia Cuyate, Mifune, Kia Belva, Espoir Nangaya Sukana Bolingo, Bimela Kanga Lokola Angelue. In 1997, the Mobutu government in Zaire was overthrown, and the country became the Democratic Republic of Congo with Laurent Kabila as president. It was a turbulent time. Papa Wemba was barreling into the 21st century with new hopes and dreams, but there was trouble on the horizon. <laughs> The country was going down, it was being attacked from outside, from within. Things were really bad, terrible. And when Kabila took over, no one was allowed to come out of the country. But however, musicians such as Papa Wemba were allowed to go out with their groups, like 25 members, 27. That's when people approached him. They said, they trust you. They don't trust us. I'm already old enough. I can die here. But I want my child to have a chance to go to school because what's coming is just going to be war after war after war. We know this. And that's when Papa Wemba became involved in helping, especially youngsters, to leave. Today, some of them are doing well. They're pastors and lawyers, but it was illegal. 
Somebody said, oh, you know what? We think Papoemba is traveling with too many people. 30 people? How many of them are musicians? So when they checked, they realized maybe 15 were not musicians. After the concert, they never went back. So who would want to go back where they were raping women and killing? And, and some people say, well, in Germany, it was the same way. They were trying to help people when Hitler was assassinating anything. You know, you buy a passport or, you know, you use someone's passport to just get out. So that's what I... Papa Wemba spent a few months in prison, but he was released on appeal when the court later took mercy on him. The next time we spoke by telephone, he had nothing to say about this incident. No, 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 that's over. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Okay. I have spoken too much about it, enough to give me a headache. I don't talk about it anymore. The word was that in prison, Papa Wemba had been born again. It was an evangelical wave that took over the whole country because of the war. I mean, there was no solution. Your only solution was God. They saw people who were praying. Somehow they became calmer, at peace. So Papa Wemba being in prison for the first time in his life, he thought he was doing something good for the people and then it turned out to be wrong. So, of course, people went up to him and then start talking to him religion. They say, look, just give everything to God. You're going to be at peace. So that's how Papa Emba converted himself into evangelical. It was sincere. The last time we spoke with Papa Wemba was in 2010 at the Womex Trade Fair in Copenhagen. His running with the law was five years behind him. And he was fully engaged in his music, as you can hear in this live Womex set. Les tournées comme ça, quoi. des concerts un peu partout, même dans de petites salles, j'adore. 
I love this. I love to tour and do concerts. Even in small rooms, I adore it. I can come with 10 people in the audience with the same energy and the same determination. Even if it's thousands of people at a festival, it's the same energy, the same force. Because for me, the scene is one of those places where I Because for me, the stage is one of the places where I free myself, totally. Papa Wemba's love of the stage is ironic because in April of 2016, while performing at a festival in Abidjan, he fell suddenly on the stage and died, just 66 years old. One of his last albums was called Notre Père Rumba, Our Father Rumba. It's a sign that in his latter years, Papa Wemba had resolved the contradictions of his life, embracing his rumba roots without sacrificing any of his unique and worldly identity. Well done, Brother Wembiado. You will not be forgotten. Baba Dugay, Abrazaville. Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art, and from PRX affiliate stations around the U.S. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Thanks to Lubangi Munyanya and Tabilulu Productions, and to Toto Kisaku for Papa Wemba voiceover. Visit afropop.org for much more on Papa Wemba and check out our YouTube channel for a visual version of this program. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Research and production for this program by Banning Air. Production support from Jonathan Radinovsky. And here's your chance to get involved with Afropop Worldwide. We're preparing a program called New Africa 2022. So write us or send us an audio recording telling about one song, artist, genre or concert that was new for you this year. Send your pics to info at afropop.org. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast, including radio programs and our Afropop Closer podcast series. And don't forget to join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. Our chief audio engineer is Michael Jones. This program was mixed at Studio 44 in Brooklyn by Michael Jones. Additional engineering by GC from the syncopated lair in Washington, D.C. Benning Air and C.C. Smith edit our website, afropop.org. Our director of new media is Mukwai Wabeisi Yolwe. And I'm Georges Colinet. <laughs>